Hey guys, this is the Walking Well Podcast, and I am your host, Jolan Martz. If you are new, welcome. We are actually talking about checking ourselves this month. If you've been following along, you remember that we spent the first week in August talking about not being a hater, because if we're honest, we can all be haters. Um, Then last week, we talked about what to do when someone doesn't like your idea or doesn't like you and how to move through not having fans in your life, you know, not stands because, you know, you're a real person. You don't need stands. But when you don't have people that, you know, people that don't like you in your life, what do you do with that? How do you navigate that? So if you didn't check that one out, I definitely suggest you head back over just so that you're caught up. So listen to Don't Be a Hater. Listen to Not Your Fan, because this week we are talking about drama. And as women, drama can be at the center of our lives and sometimes color just about every facet of it from familial relationships to peers to children, spouses, it can just kind of flow in and out of our lives. Um, But I really don't believe that should be the case. You know, I really think that there should be a level of peace in everybody's life that they enjoy. And so we're going to spend this episode sort of examining, you know, what are the sources of drama in your life, whether that be you (coughs) or some other people. (laughs) And then we're going to talk about how to navigate that. What do you do when you find yourself at odds with another person? So let's hop right in, right? As a as someone who's trained in therapy, I'm a big fan of um, being respectfully curious and asking good questions. And so when we talk about drama, let's start, you know, kind of like just let's think. Is it, you know, like, you know, grab a seat, sit down. <laughs> I got, you know, is it you? <laughs> you know, is it you? Are you the source of drama in your life? And and by that, I mean, you know, is does drama follow you? You know, do you find when you move to a new job, if you join a new mommy circle, you know, if you get a new friend, it's just going to at some point um, disseminate. That's maybe not the word I'm looking for. Devolve into drama. Like, do you anticipate that? Like, at some point, we're going to have drama. We'll be friends for now, but we're going to have drama, you know. And if so, why? You know, why do you feel or do you find that most of your relationships end up at that spot. I mean, I think that there there's natural and normal conflict that can arise because people are different, but like drama, like messiness, pettiness, screenshots and all, you know. Um, so is it you? Um, do you thrive in drama? Like do you enjoy it? Is there a part of you that um looks forward to drama and things popping off and oh girl, let me tell you, like you know, does that appeal to you? And if so, why? What part of you enjoys that? Um, what do you feel like you gain from that? What do you feel like you benefit from that? If at all, you know, because you may not, you might be like, no, girl, I don't care about anybody else's business, which is fine. These are just questions. We're just starting off with, you know, is it me? Am I the person that starts drama in my circles? Am I one of the culprits when drama breaks out? Here's another question for you to kind of figure out where you are on the drama causing spectrum. Um, do you cover people, you know, their shortcomings, their faults, their missteps, or do you expose them? You know, are you the person that's like, you know, I found out about this. If it were me, I wouldn't want people to know. I'm not going to share that. Or do you find yourself being the person to be like, girl, guess what Tanya said? You know, like, which, (laughs) which one are you? Because if, you know, if you are a person that covers other people, then, you know, I think sometimes you have a little bit less drama. But if you're the person that exposes people, um, sometimes that can engender it can draw other people that enjoy drama and just become a drama fest you know um, when you expose others and I think also kind of just about this whole idea so you 
expect to harvest, but you're reaping what you sow, you know? And, and so you start, have you started a cycle of drama in that sense of not covering people? And then, you know, people expose you and then there's problems and we got to get in people's faces and it's, you know, desperate housewives of somewhere, you know? So do you cover, do you expose people? Because that could be a source that could be a cause of drama in your life. Um, and, and then kind of like, why, you know, thinking about those questions, you know, is it me? Do I enjoy drama? Do I thrive in it? Do I contribute to it? You know, do I gas people up? You know, why, what part of you, and not an accusatory way, but just kind of like looking within yourself, you know, um, and just sort of thinking like, hmm, what part of me? And these are questions y'all ask myself, like, I think there's a part of human nature that enjoys watching train wrecks. I think it's why reality TV is so popular, but I've got to even sort of be like, why do I want to know that? You know, why do I want to, oh girl, what happened? You look bothered. What happened? And, 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 you know, you know, it's not coming from a sincere desire to like check on people all the time. Maybe sometimes you are just that altruistic and you want to make sure the world is okay. Um, but I think sometimes we like, oh, what happened? I want to know what happened, you know? And so like, you know, what part of me, what part of me enjoys knowing, you know, this misstep, this fault, this, um, this thing that someone would have wanted covered but isn't is now kind of like that we're partaking of over chips and guac. Like, well, what part of me wants that, <laughs> you know, and figuring out, you know, why? Because I think that is probably a little bit of brokenness that, you know, you rejoice over someone else's falls, you know, missteps, you know, and that that's not Christ-like behavior. So like what what part in me enjoys that, wants that, seeks that, craves that? And then recognizing that that's not healthy or holy or sober and then kind of then backing up and saying, okay, Lord, that's not like you. <laughs> that's not indicative of the fruit of the spirit, the, the spirit at work in me. That's not a fruit of the spirit, right? Um, so oh, I need that healed in me. I need you to check that in me and I need to renew my mind to the way that you see things that people should be covered and not exposed that you know, I shouldn't want dainty morsels of gossip because those go down into the deepest and innermost parts of me and affect me, you know. Um, and one of the scriptures that I really think about often when uh, it comes to this kind of stuff, because it's like, you know, like Proverbs talks about if you remove, you know, the the corollary, the person that's always into drama, if you remove that person from you, fighting ceases, angst ceases, you know, you, you get rid of all the problems when you get rid of the person that loves strife. And, um, you know, I think often like, okay, the antidote to strife is peace, you know, and um, Psalms 34, 14, sort of the latter part of the verse says, seek peace and pursue it, go after it with all that's within you. First um, Peter three eleven is really powerful in the Amplified Version. It reads, let him turn away from wickedness and shun it. We'll say, let her turn away, turn away from wickedness and shun it. Let her do right. Let her search for peace. And peace is defined as harmony, undisturbedness from fears, agitating passions and moral conflicts and seek it eagerly. Do not merely desire peaceful relationships with God, with your fellow man and with yourself, but pursue, go after them. And I think that's a really interesting kind of notion for us as believers, like, you know, in my relationships, am I seeking and pursuing peace? <laughs> you know, am I seeking those things that make for peace? You know, and, and in my interactions, am I like deferring to the other person? Am I considering them? Am I, you know, 
being patient? Am I thinking the best even when I feel slighted? Do I give people the benefit of the doubt? You know, am I seeking those peace things, those things that make for peace? You know, um, I think about the scripture in Proverbs 14, one that says a wise woman builds her house, a foolish woman tears it down with her own, with her own hands. And so if peace is a house, you know, is the way that I'm interacting is the way that I'm moving in the world, constructing a house of peace or tearing a house of peace down, you know, because I think like, like love, love covers an offense, you know, love covers a multitude of sins. Um, so, you know, am I, am I, am I loving people well in that sense? Am I seeking peace? Am I building a house of peace? Am I building a house of love? Am I dealing truly, speaking truly? You know, all of those things. Am I, am I, am I constantly moving in and amongst the, the materials of peace to build a house of peace, to build a relationship of peace? You know, am I doing that? Or, Am I foolishly tearing down a house, a relationship um, of peace with my own hands, whether that's with coworkers, whether that's with a spouse, whether that's with my kids, whether that's at work, you know, am I, am I partaking of those peace things, you know? So our ultimate goal as believers, as believing women, as women of God is to seek peace and pursue it, right? We want to reflect the father. We want to reflect Jesus to the world, um, and if we're being honest, <laughs> that's really our, our first, you know, kind of call when it comes to the world to look like Christ, because he's so attractive that how could you not want him? You know, and so if we don't look like Christ in that way, if we're not reflecting the fruit, the work of the spirit on the inside of us, one of which is peace, um, what are we doing? You know, and so I think it's really important for us to pause and kind of go, all right, where am I on this spectrum? You know, do I sort of kind of seek peace? Do I sort of kind of seek strife? Um, do I enjoy drama? Do I enjoy mess? Do I like to be petty? Do I like to stir the pot? Um, do I like to stir the pot when it's safe among my friends that I assume aren't going to talk about it and carry it outside of our circle, you know? Um, or am I just like, it's a drama zone, you know? Or am I like, mm, drama-free zone, you know? No flex zone, no drama zone. That's where I'm at, you know? But I think it's important for us to be aware of where we are on that spectrum, right? Um, and so really considering, like, do I contribute to drama in my life? Am I a source? Do I do I open the door to drama in my life? Um, some of it's inevitable. You know, I think sometimes uh, I remember hearing this sort of example of people being like porcupines. And we just want to be close to each other, but we've got these quills and it kind of just pokes, you know, and we don't mean to poke all the time, but sometimes it just pokes. And sometimes, you know, it's drama is just sort of like the natural consequence of being human among people and having differences and different pet peeves and different quirks and things like that. And so what do you do when you find yourself in the midst of a conflict, right? How do you walk well in drama? That sounds weird, but like, how do you walk a conflict out well? Um, And so... If you find yourself in drama and you're kind of like, hey, turn and repent, I do not want to be a drama queen anymore. I do not want to do that. I mean, I really encourage you to believe God for that because I think that's a that's a that's a thing that the Lord does. <laughs> I think the Lord heals those parts of our hearts that don't look like him, that are broken, that enjoy those things that are dead things, you know, those things that don't have anything to do with our new life in Christ. I think he's really good at healing those parts of us. Um, so just believe God for that. But I think you really got to evaluate yourself. I think you've got to be honest and own your part. You know, um, sometimes people bring drama to us. So for instance, um, I had a friend slash acquaintance, um, who just really had took issue with 
um, some things that I did, some things that I said, and they were things that I thought were kind of like, oh, it's neutral. You know, I talked to all my friends like that. And I'm always like, oh, you're, you know, this, this, and this. I say this all the time. And nobody really takes that seriously. It's just like how I joke um, or how I am or it's just it's just how I am, you know. And there were things that I thought were neutral that she really felt strongly about. And um, I, I remember kind of, <laughs> y'all, I'm not going to lie. When this broke out, I was real rusty at conflict resolution. <laughs> um, and I was actually in my mental health program, so I should have been sharper. But, you know, I know I know me and I'm a pretty uh, low drama, no drama kind of person. My ideal is no drama. And so um, it wasn't like messiness or anything. It wasn't like smear my name here and there. It was like we are two different people in the world and we have two different histories that that we are we are moving in the world filtered by you know, tinted by, um, and, and our two different ways of being in the world are, are hurting each other, you know? And, um, I remember having to sort of figure out, all right, I haven't done this in a while. I haven't walked through this sort of conflict resolution. Like you're standing on one side of an issue and not budging. And I'm standing on my side of an issue and not budging. And we've got to figure out how to come to terms, you know, how to come to peace because we're believers. And so believers are never, you know, at peace and, in um offense aren't ever in peace in like chaos conflict in that sense like open conflict like we we just not talking to each other i don't like you you don't like me we just moving around circles with each other there there's just there should be a part of jesus in you that's not okay with that you know you should seek peace and pursue it and i don't think the scriptures mean that you should be best friends after every conflict i don't think that's realistic um Sometimes the ways that you've conflicted, sometimes the ways that knives have been pulled on each other in conflict really don't make for buddy-buddy relationships afterwards. I think it's completely possible for you to say, hey, I forgive you. I release you. I don't hold it against you. But relational proximity, us being all close and tight, is probably not going to happen. Um, Just I just think that's a thing. I don't, I don't, I don't, I know people say like forgiveness does not equal reconciliation. I don't like that (laughs) phrase because Jesus is the ultimate reconciler. I think forgiveness does not equate to relational proximity um, afterwards. I don't think that means that you have to be best friends. I don't think that you have to come over to my house and kick it. I don't, I don't think that. I think that you are at, at, at most required, at best required to keep your heart pure and to release those people from any offense and any ought that you would hold against them in your heart. Um, what the the day-to-day looks like afterwards um, is really kind of like, okay, Lord, what does that look like now? But back to our steps and how to navigate that <laughs> little PSA. Um, you have to evaluate yourself. You really got to think like, have I been messy? Have I misstepped? You know, um, what what part did I play? How did I contribute to this problem? And I would really encourage you to do this with other sober non-gas you up people and when I say non-gas you up people I mean (laughs) if you know like I have to be really careful about this with like my friends and people that I care about because I'm so protective um, when they're like so-and-so said this and this and this I'm the one that's like what girl okay what she bet not ever are you kidding me you know I'm the I can't I have to be really careful to not be the gas you up friend because I should ideally if I care about your soul and your heart staying pure um and free from offense I should sort of try to walk you through that and be like all right 
We're going to do the word. Okay, girl, I'm going to let you vomit and say how you feel and do all that. And then we're going to pick it up and we're going to do the word concerning this situation, this person. You know, we're not going to hold odd against uh, against them and have any sort of like grudge. We're not going to allow offense, you know, to to sit in our hearts. Like we're not going to give any place to the devil in that sense. Um so you got to do this with non-gas you up people. Um, and maybe you guys just agree. Like, you know, I know me and my mom will sometimes be like, they did what? Oh, uh-uh. Da, 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 da. But we'll always kind of come back around and be like, you know what? I probably have similar things like that in my life that I need to work on. These are things that I also need. You know, like we come back around. It, it always comes back around to, okay, we're going to do the word concerning this issue. Um, so have people like that in your circle. Have people like that to help you process this because you have to evaluate yourself. You have to think about what did I, how, is there any truth in what they're saying? Um, have I contributed to this problem? Be honest, own your part, you know. Um, so after that, maybe before that, maybe at the same time, really just kind of depends on, how the drama gets to you. Um, man, sit with the Lord in process. You guys have heard me say this kind of constantly whenever it comes to anything, but I am super, 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 super big on Jesus. How do I see this? Jesus, how do I feel this? You know, how do I feel my way through this? Um, and be honest. Like I've always said, be honest with the Lord. He's a big boy. He can handle it. Tell the Lord how you're feeling. This made me mad. I cannot believe. How could they say that? You know, be honest with the Lord. And then have your Bible right there and a pen and notebook because the Lord is going to speak to you. Um, promise you, promise you, promise you. He's going to speak to you. He's going to tell you, hey, see it this way. Hey, sow this. Hey, do this. Hey, pray this. Hey, listen to this. Hey, go over here and look at the scripture. Like God is going to speak to you because that's our covenant with him. We are in relationship with him. We are one with him. And so that's that part of abiding in Christ, allowing him to come into your soul space and deal with those things and not deal with them. Because sometimes I say deal. I don't, God is not harsh in that sense, but to get his hands on those things and to help you navigate and maneuver through them and come to a place of peace within yourself. Like, okay, Lord, I know how to see this. I know how I'm going to approach this. I know how I'm going to speak concerning this. I know I'm going to behave concerning this person like that deal with you in that sense. Like he brings resolution, you know, he brings resolution, he brings closure. Um, and so sit with the Lord in process and allow him to speak to you. Um, and, and then I kind of want you guys to look at this sort of like biblical process, right? for how we deal with conflict with people. And so let's hit up Matthew 18, verse like 15 through 17. Y'all know I love the Amplified, so that's where I'm going to read it in. Um, but there's like a biblical process. Like Christians sometimes act like they don't know how we're supposed to handle conflict with each other. Um, but the Bible's really clear about how we're supposed to handle that. <laughs> and so like it's in the scriptures. So um, yeah, so let's see. Matthew, I slide, it's not 15, it's 18. Matthew 18, verse 15. It's like 15-ish through 17. Um, but 15 says, if your brother wrongs you, go and show him his fault between you and him privately. If he listens to you, you have won back your brother. But if he does not listen, take along with you one or two others so that every word may be confirmed and upheld by the testimony of two or three witnesses. And the scripture kind of goes on. It's like, hey, OK, if he doesn't listen again, go bring him before the church. And if he refuses to hear you out, like he's just no better than than what does it say? A pagan and a tax collector, because apparently those are the worst things that you could be <laughs> a pagan and a tax collector. Um, but there's like a biblical model for how we're supposed to handle conflict with each other. You know, if your brother has wronged you, if you feel like the offended party, it's your responsibility, which is kind of interesting. It's your responsibility to go to them privately and say, hey, 
you know, I felt like this when you did this. And if they yield to you, awesome, because you guys have worked that out biblically. You've won your brother. You both are, you both are confirmed in your righteousness and your relationship to each other in the faith. Like, awesome. That's so good. You both reacted like Christ would have responded. Like Christ likeness in you bubbled up and you were both confirmed and affirmed in your, in your, in your faith, in your spirit man, in your inner man. Awesome. If he doesn't, hey, here's step two. Here's step three. We skip all of that. When <laughs> we got problems with people, we go to Facebook, we tell our mom and them, you know, we tell our friends, we, you know, my favorite Facebook post when people are upset is like, well, sometimes, you know, I just hate when people do, 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 do. when you there for them, ain't nobody gonna be there for you. You know, like when people make these, like, they, they don't point out who it is, but they're like, there are people in the world. I was like, I'm sure the person knows that you're talking about them. So I'm, who is this for again? You know, why are you writing this? They know you're mad. Maybe they don't know you're mad, but you're really not solving nothing this way. Um, but it's your responsibility to go to them and say, hey, this is the issue. Show them his fault. Like, this is how I felt when you did X, Y, and Z. Um, and to, and to believe God to work that out between you guys. The other verse is also in Matthew and it's Matthew 5, Matthew 5, 23. It reads... So, if you are presenting your offering at the altar, and while there you remember that your brother has something, such as a grievance or a legitimate complaint against you, leave your offering there at the altar and go. First make peace with your brother, and then come and present your offering. I think that's so interesting. Um, Because then it's like, hey, if you know somebody's got an issue with you and a problem with you, and you're trying to be spiritual and deep, but you haven't like, hey, are we good? You know, if you haven't had that moment, (laughs) it's like, leave the offering. Don't hold on. Get get the natural right. And then come on and come talk to me. Like, those are our those are the 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 precedents that have been laid for us as far as dealing with conflict. So we've evaluated ourselves. We've sat with the Lord, we've processed, we've heard how to see things, how to speak, how to behave. All right, so now we've got to come to the table, right? So if you can get, I mean, I am always a proponent of sitting down face-to-face with people just because text can get so messy. You know, you can fire things back. You can't get any of those, any of that biofeedback. You can't hear, you know, um, vocal tones. You can't see eyes. You can't see facial features. It's so easy to misconstrue what's coming across via text to, um, to be reading that through your, your hurt filter or your angry filter and to just misconstrue or miss a message. And it's hard. It's hard to try to hear on the other end of a text, right? And so I'm a really big proponent of sitting down at the table and having a conversation with people so that you can see my eyes, so I can see your eyes, so that I can read you and see like, okay, are we at peace? Is it good? Are we good? You know, um, because I'm, I'm, I'm about seeking peace and pursuing it. So I think you should come to the table with a person when you've got issues between you um, and start off owning your part. Start off saying, you know, the way I sent that text was a little rough. I could have, I could have rounded that out. You know, I could have been a little bit kinder. I could have left that part out. Own your part, you know, own your part in, in the conversation, own your part in the mess or the drama that's been caused. Own your part. Um, you know, use I statements and I statements are basically, um, ways to make sure that you're heard, right? So sometimes we start off, you always get on my nerves when you da 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 da. When you start off <laughs> accusatory, when you start off talking to people about, how they'd have messed up, and then how it makes you feel. They can't even hear that because their defenses go up immediately. So if you start with, hey, you know, I really feel disregarded when you leave your clothes on the floor. And I've asked you a couple times, so it, it makes me feel like I don't mean anything. My my feelings don't mean anything and that I'm not worth listening to. People hear that a lot better 
um, because you start with the, oh, this is my impact on you. Wow. No, that's not what I mean to convey at all. You know, people can receive that a little bit better. And when you're talking, you know, um, truth and love have, have to, truth and love have to ride together. It's not okay for you to say, you always da da da, you don't ever, you're forever doing such and such and such. Always and never. First of all, those are not ever true. <laughs> See what I did there? Those are not ever true. People don't always 100% of the time do anything and never 100% of the time do things. Um, and that's just, it's a really, it's a really unfair blanket statement. Um, but you've got to be truthful and you, but you can't just drop the truth. You've got to put truth where people can hear it and you've got to set that in love. So just like a diamond has a setting for a ring, you've got to allow truth to be set in love, right? So if, if your delivery is off, people can't hear the truth that you're trying to say. You have to make sure that your delivery is drenched in kindness, is drenched in love, you know, that you don't violate the law of kindness, like Proverbs 31 says, with your mouth in discussing like, hey, this is the issue that I have. You know, I don't think you're a terrible person. I don't think you're a hellion, even though you might be acting like it right now. Um, I think maybe we just have some miscommunication happening. And I, my heart is to understand where you're coming from so that we can, we can be cool. You know, you want to, to communicate clearly, but, but lovingly. And so know that truth and love have to ride together in all of your communication. And there's also never a time when you are allowed to step outside of the character and nature of Christ. You know, there's never a time where it's like, oh, oh, Becky, she, she did what? She slammed the door. Girl, you don't have to walk in the fruit of the spirit. You don't have to walk in love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, or self-control. Go off. Like, no, you are never given that pass by the Holy Spirit ever. So even in conflict, when people are not behaving in a Christ-like manner towards you, you are not exempt and excused from the fruit of the spirit, the character and nature of Christ. You don't never get that pass. Um, so know that you're always held to the standard of, oh, Christ is alive in you. Okay, so I expect to see the fruit of the spirit, the fruit of the work of that in your life, in all of your dealings and all of your interactions. Um, but you're empowered to, right? If Christ has commanded you to do that and to be that way in interactions, you're empowered to do that. So it's not something that you can't do. You may not want to, but it's not that you can't. You may, you may not be inclined, but you are always empowered. <laughs> so there's that, right? So use your I statements, own your part. Truth and love absolutely need to ride together. And then listen actively. Active listening means that you're giving eye contact, that you're leaning in, that you're saying, oh, it sounds like, you know, when someone's talking, it sounds like you feel frustrated by my lack of picking up my clothes because it makes you feel like I don't, I don't care about what you're saying. It's repeating those things back to make sure that you, that you're getting what they're saying. It's actively engaging and listening. And the other thing that we have to do in conflict resolution is listen to understand, not listen to defend. We absolutely have to be, our posture can't be, I'm just going to defend my position because I'm right and they're wrong. No, you could be wrong. It's prideful to think that you're not wrong. It's prideful to not be willing to, to bend, to not be willing to hear, to not be willing to give concession. Perhaps I came across, came across harshly. Perhaps we can work out a compromise. Maybe at the end of the day, you pick up your three piles of clothing that you've stepped out of in the bathroom and then put them away. Maybe you don't have to put them away every single time you step out of them. I don't know, but you've got to be flexible. You've got to listen to understand and not to defend. Um, and then I want to say this. Sometimes um, you guys don't come to uh, an understanding. Sometimes both parties are kind of like, here's where I stand on the issue. And, you know, you where you stand is where you stand. Um, I think in those times, it might just be best to say, you know, maybe we're two different people in the world and that's OK. 
It's, I don't, you know, I don't think you're trash. <laughs> uh, I'm, I may not be right. You may not be wrong, but these are things that I can't quite compromise on. And so maybe we just have to agree to disagree and that can be okay. It can be okay to say, Hey, we are two different people in the world. We may not need to be best friends and that's okay. I'll see you when I see you. I know how to be cordial. I know how to be an adult. I'm not going to smear your name all over the place. It just is what it is. You know, sometimes it just, it just, it just be that way. Um, I think you try your best. You do your best. It's a seek peace. Sometimes seeking peace means, you know, we just are going to agree to be acquaintances. We are just going to agree to not be roommates. <laughs> we are just, I'm going to have to bend. I'm going to have to lower my shoulder and accept the fact that, you know, my roommate is not picking up their clothes or, um, hey, this is where they are. Okay, Lord, maybe you're trying to perfect something in me, you know, um, Sometimes things aren't going to change after you have that conversation. Sometimes you have to be okay with having multiple conversations to continue to discuss and continue to discuss and continue to discuss. And I also want you to continue to be hopeful. You know, sometimes in our assigned relationships or sometimes even in our chosen relationships, um, we find ourselves at odds and we think that things will never change. You know, they're always going to be this way. They're never going to stop. And you've got to, I think in marriage, that's a kind of different that's a different thing. And I think this is also within the scope of normal. So this is not talking about an abusive relationship at all. Like I'm not speaking about that. That's something you call JSO for. I'm talking about those little, like we're talking drama, not trauma. Okay. We're not talking about trauma. We're talking about drama in this case for trauma. You call a therapist, you call JSO, you do what you need to do. Um, but for drama, for those instances of day-to-day disagreements and rubbing each other the wrong way, um, be hopeful. You know, sometimes you be patient and hope. And it's like, okay, Lord, I'm going to serve this person. Okay, Lord, I'm going to lower my shoulder. Um, in some instances, it's like, we don't need to be friends. We don't need to be buddies. You know, we're coworkers. It'll be fine if I see you when I see you and I don't when I don't. Um, because, you know, forgiveness um, does not always mean reconciliation in the sense of close relational proximity. So, um, that it's okay if, if the relationship dynamic, the relationship boundaries shift and change after those kind of conversations. Um, because everybody, first of all, <laughs> is not supposed to be your best friend. Like, let's, let's be clear about that. You should have layers of, of, um, relationship. You should have holies of holies friends. You should have inner court and outer court kind of friends. And so everybody shouldn't be in your inner court, outer court. Everybody shouldn't be in your holy of holies. Um, you know, Jesus had the, there were the, the multitudes, there were the 12 and then there were the three, you know? And so everybody shouldn't be up close and personal and know everything about you. You should kind of have those layers of, of vested friendships that have equity, um, that get that kind of, that, that access, that intimacy, that proximity to you. And those people should be trustworthy people. And so sometimes in conflict, it's like, okay, you need to move back into the outer court. All right. I need to move you up out of the holies of holies and you can be here, you know? that's okay. Those things, those adjustments sometimes need to be made, you know, sometimes boundaries need to be put in place so that you and the other person are both as healthy as you need to be. In the instance of, of my kind of conflict, it was like, you know, maybe I'm not the best fit for you where you are in the season of your life with where God has brought you. Maybe my style of being in the world is a little too rough for you and you're still in this tender space, you know, and then I had to also be honest and go, you know, I'm having, I'm, I'm having such a strong resistance to this because it's something that I've been through and I'm not willing to lower my shoulder in that sense and deal with that. I, I, that's not something I'm, I'm here for. Um, and so all of those things, being honest with yourself, evaluating, sitting with the Lord and processing and, and coming to that table, those are important pieces to um, 
managing, maneuvering, navigating conflict and, and eventually finding yourself at conflict resolution and peace. Um, so that, that's how we can check ourselves when it comes to drama. We can be honest. We can look at how we contributed and then we can do what we need to do to move through that like believers should and, and are um, instructed to in the word. So I hope, um, I hope this has been thought provoking. You know, I, <laughs> I do this regularly where I'm like, what's wrong with me? <laughs> you know, I sit down and just sort of like, okay, how, how whole is my soul really? Okay. You know, where am I operating up, up out of brokenness? Where, you know, do I need some tweaking and some renewing of my mind? So, um, I just encourage you to check out those scriptures, go over them again, you know, seek peace and pursue it was, um, Psalm 34. 14b first peter three eleven was another one that talked about seeking peace and pursuing it um and there are lots of other verses like romans 12 talks about our process of blessing those who curse us you know and leaving vengeance to the lord and like i don't think vengeance is the ultimate goal for anybody i think um reconciliation i think um repentance is the ultimate goal and so sometimes it's you that needs to repent sometimes it's the other person um but yeah romans 12 17 and 18 is really good and then the verses um, about the process, Matthew 18, 15 through 17, and Matthew 5, 23 through 24, about going and making peace biblically. So I hope this has been good. I mean, I hope it's encouraged you. I hope it's challenged you. I hope you checked yourself and was really thinking what we were talking about, you know, um, being drama queens. <laughs> and I hope that you're a delivered drama queen. You know, if you used to be or, you know, I just believe God that he's going to bring you up out of that. Um, so it's going to be an awesome week because you were made for it and God is already in it. And so get your expectation up, get your hope up, go boss the week out, go be great. You got this. Go. Go.